Hi there, this is Barcy, your host. And if you're listening to this in real time, then we are coming to the end of the first quarter of this year in 2022. And I think that times like this are a good time to check in with ourselves on how it's going and how we'd like to move into the next part of the year from a place of intention. So I recently guested on the podcast, Hack My Business, hosted by Jesse Torres and co-hosted by Sid Varakra to talk about burnout and overwhelm and what to look for and how we can shift into more sustainable habits so that we can keep going. So I'm talking about this through the lens of business, but it is really applicable to anything you might be doing in your life. So I thought I would share this episode with you here, and I hope that you also find some value in it. All right, enjoy. It is about taking small actions. So you're not adding to the overwhelm. Eventually you may have a big change, but it's over the accumulation of taking one small step each time, changing habits, little things you can do each day to kind of start to shift that, get connected with what you value, like really understand what you actually value. And the reason you started to be an entrepreneur in the first place usually started from some kind of value you wanted to add to your life, not just to your potential customers and clients. It's no secret that the coronavirus is affecting all of us as individuals, but the effect it's having on business, especially small business, is unprecedented. We need a game plan and fast. If we're going to survive this, we need resources and we need each other. We can't do it alone. I'm Jesse Torres, and this is Hack My Business. With my background in economic and workforce development, disaster preparedness, and general business strategy, I know I can help you navigate this scary time in your business and beyond. It's all about resiliency. I'll have the most current solutions and best practices available so we can ensure your business not only survives this crisis, but thrives. We'll also be keeping you informed about the latest resources for small business so that you don't miss a thing. Co-hosting with me will be my colleague, Sid Farakura. We'll have invited experts to help us navigate through the current noisy landscape of resources and programs that are being made available today and who will be able to prepare us for tomorrow. Let's do this together. I'm Jesse Torres, and this is Hack My Business. Hi, and welcome back to Hack My Business. This is Jesse Torres, host of Hack My Business, and I'm here as always with my good friend and co-host, Sid Varakura. Sid, how are you, man? Hey, Jesse, I am hanging in there, man. I I think, you know, just uh, busy, too busy sometimes, but um, never complaining. Never complaining. You're never complaining, man. I can always hear, I can hear the smile in your voice, despite it all, <laughs> despite the, the hectic uh, nature of our calendars, because you and I, we do a lot of work together on different projects, uh, but I always, I always know you have a smile. That's why I like to call you, you know, during the middle of the day and pester you, because you're going to have that warmth, you know, that's going to just yeah. keep me going. Or when I know that you're just like at a point where you're just exhausted and, you know, you're just like whatever on my day. And so you start random texting me and I'm like, dude, I have stuff to do, but I really want to just text with you. I know. I know. It can be dangerous sometimes having a fellow entrepreneur. Right, who I who I know is going through the same same struggles of time management, and you know, really trying to figure out how to manage the day effectively. But yeah, but I do like to pester you sometimes. But man, I I am so thrilled today because it is an extraordinary opportunity to be able to bring in the legendary Christina Barcy, otherwise known as Barcy, 
our producer to be part of the direct conversation around a small business topic. And I'm going to do the formal introduction of her because she has such an amazing background that it deserves justice before we bring her into our our usual kind of diatribe here. So Barcy, do it. Yes, do it. Barcy is, of course, the uh, producer extraordinaire of the podcast Hack My Business. She's also part of the Small Business Front founding team. She's our founding chief creative officer at SBF. She's really helping us think about how to connect with our entrepreneurship base through media like audio technology. But she's also the founder of her own firm, Avant House Media, which is a podcast production and consulting firm that focuses on empowering and inspiring creatives to create by providing podcast management, coaching, and full production services. But she has this also really interesting background. I want her to share the story about everything from her experience with being a sommelier to um, having a very popular podcast, and I wish I think led her into the work, but I want her to speak around that. But it is with great excitement and thrill that I welcome Barcy to the show. Welcome, Barcy. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> well, thanks for that wonderful introduction. It's hard not to giggle through it because it's always it's always funny to hear someone else talk about your life very succinctly. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you on the show. You know, although you're always with us for every single episode, just behind the scenes and, and giving us good tips. But it's great to have you as a, a formal guest of Hack My Business and yeah, I mean, I, wa- I want to begin, my first question is really to learn more about your background. And I know we're going to get from there into the actual topic of today's show, but I think it'd be very interesting at the beginning to have you talk about how you ended up in the world of podcasting, because I know that comes up quite a bit about the world of podcasting and how it's relevant to small businesses. And then maybe we can go from there into our, our topic of today. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for asking and starting there, because as I thought about this story again, of how I ended up doing what I do now, I realized it actually originated from a point of, of burnout. Mm. I was getting really burnt out and therefore blocked as a, as an artist, as an actor, actually, to the point of like true burnout where I would get on stage and nothing was in my brain. I couldn't remember any lines. It would, I would go blank. Like it was true, true block and burnout. But I'd never experienced anything like that before. So I didn't really know what to do with that. I just knew something was definitely wrong because that has never happened to me before. And at that point, I'd already been performing for at least 10 years, primarily on stage. So that had never been a problem. And I decided to take a true step back and sort of ask myself some questions and figure out what the source of this was coming from and why this was happening and And I really asked myself what it meant to be a creative person for me and what that would look like. So so it kind of started from that that very shocking place of burnout without any type of system in place yet. So long story short, I started writing and I had a, a quick opportunity to create what I was writing through the medium of podcasting. And this was back in 2012. We launched in 2013 and the show is called Dimension. It's a sci fi noir series that we ended up uh, recording twice a month for two years. And that spawned the documentary because I'd fallen in love with this process and found myself through it and found my own voice and my own sort of identity. I I would go as far to say through discovering that story and creating that story. So I I created a documentary called Is Anyone Listening? A Podcast Story. (laughs) 
It's fantastic, by the way. It's a fantastic (laughs) name. It went untitled for a while because I didn't know what to call it. I just had no idea what to call it because it's about a few things. It was about just me discovering this medium, me discovering myself as a creative person and wanting people to see all the possibilities of this new thing, this new thing called podcasting, you know, that people didn't really know about yet back in 2014, at least not the way we do now. So is anyone listening? Because you feel like you are kind of working in a vacuum a lot of the time when you are creating. So that's where that came from. But I did some festivals, some film festivals. And after that, I was just so enlivened to keep going and to share what I had found with others past even the, the film creation. Because what I discovered was that there just weren't gatekeepers in this new medium called podcasting the way there were in traditional media. And that became really important to me to share with others that, you know, they they can have a voice without anyone stopping them. And we can start to shift this homogenous lens that we've all been living through with, with traditional media and, and start including the missing experiences and perspectives in the world that I would love to help get out there. And, and so I built a company around that. You know, I, I, what I wanted to just jump in and say is that I always remember our first meeting, Barcy, when you and I first had a chance to talk about really, you know, what was my intent around having a podcast in the first place? And you really kind of helping me to understand that it could be a voice for me and that it was a medium to connect with the world in a different kind of way. And it really, it's become a really important part of just my company and the brand. It's allowed me and Sid to kind of go in a very different place for, uh, with our firms. And so I just wanted, you know, just send you our appreciation because you really kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities as an entrepreneur of the power of podcasting. So I just wanted to let you know that. Oh, thank you. I, I remember that first meeting too. It was it was really fun. And, and you had written something yourself That's that right. you were kind of inspired by. So just nod to the creative process in general and how that can be sort of factored into the other things we do as well that, that feel more practical like business. You know, Barcy, it's fascinating to me that your your podcasting journey and this new entrepreneurship life that you're on started from a place of burnout. But but really now that you've grown and built a business and I think what you've experienced and what you actually it seems to me from like your other experiences with other podcasters is learned what it means to be overwhelmed, right? You know, I know Jesse and I think about being overwhelmed often. And in our professional service consulting world, you always have to say out loud for some reason, like, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm not complaining, <laughs> right? Because right, like, right. because being busy, it means that, you know, we're, we're, we're being successful and our clients are happy and it's good for our families and all that. But over being overwhelmed is is real. So was hoping that maybe you could start us off by sharing with us the definition of what oh being overwhelmed really means, and how does one know that they might be actually overwhelmed? Right? Like, what are those symptoms that are at the root of of being overwhelmed? Yes, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought up symptoms as well. And as I was thinking about this topic, I wanted to remind myself what the definition really was and what the difference is between overwhelm and burnout, because they feel we we use those two in sentences together all the time. 
And so I actually found a resource that I thought defined it really well in sort of when the term burnout originated. And I I found this on informedhealth.org. And they say the term burnout was coined in the 1970s by the American psychologist Herbert Freudenberger. And he used it to describe the consequences of severe stress and high ideals in helping professions. So people who were in helping professions. And at the time, it was like doctors and nurses and things like that. And when I read that, I was like, okay, this seems to make a lot of sense to me regarding business owners and entrepreneurs, because we usually build something out of some kind of value add. We're, We're providing a service of some sort, even if it's just a product. I don't want to say just a product, but even if it's a product or a physical, like you have to be there giving the service, those are helping those are helping professions uh, too. And it just makes sense that, th- that it was described that way. So now we we know what burnout is and we say it all the time when we are reaching that point of like no return. <laughs> when when it stops being fun, that's kind of what burnout ends up being where you where you have to where you're not interested anymore. Overwhelm is the thing that leads us down the path towards burnout. And some symptoms of overwhelm, we can feel anxious, irritated, we start to lose our ability to see the good through the bad. We stop really believing that statement that you said, Sid, where you're like, but I'm grateful. (laughs) It's like, you stop feeling grateful because you're too busy trying to stay afloat and keep your head above water. and, And it doesn't even feel most of the time, like you can barely see over the the ridge of the water is like what overwhelm feels like when you're getting really buried. And it's a spinning hamster wheel effect, right? But when we've reached burnout, like I said, that's the stage where we, we really stop making progress. We stop looking for solutions. We stop trying to figure it out. We're no longer motivated to do anything about it. But when we're in overwhelm, we're still in, in motion. So th- those are the main differences between the two. So I think for our purposes, it makes more sense to focus on overwhelm because that's a problem we can solve where burnout ends up being kind of the result of not solving overwhelm in our lives where we need to just maybe shift completely to something else. Yeah, I, you know, I would love to dig into, okay, how do you, how do you know when you're, you're entering that state of overwhelm? And when do you know that it's now this overwhelming feeling is turning into what could become burnout. And it's so, it's so interesting because, you know, uh, in my work, I've done quite a bit of disaster relief preparedness, and I've actually seen burnout really visibly when it comes to disaster relief, because often you go into a crisis situation and you actually get really energized because you're helping people and it's, there's a lot of activity and you feel like you're making a contribution. But during pandemic, because of the, the length of the events, you saw a lot of folks who like there's only so much they can continue to do. And where, especially when you have this feeling of an ongoing situation that maybe the negativity of it kind of goes on and on, it can be very difficult to sustain that energy. And I wonder if that's part of it too. It's like the length of time of a particular incident, right? Or, or, or you know, the feeling mm-hmm. you have overwhelmed doesn't just last one day, but lasts into a week, yeah. two weeks, right? And is that, it, do you guys think that that's a part of like the length of time of that overwhelming feeling? I think it's lack of solution, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we start to accept that this is our state, that this is part of it. Two things. One, we have to address COVID because that brought a whole nother layer to all of this that 
the global pandemic. The global we can't pandemic. really, not, yeah, we like, can't really not acknowledge that, right? right? right. <laughs> that with length of time, especially in the way that you framed it. But as business owners and in, and business rhetoric, especially solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, startups, it's kind of part of the culture. You're you're supposed to be buried. You're supposed to have, you know, like one of your colleagues said to you recently, Jesse, five weekdays in in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not that's not healthy. No matter how much we want to lean into our ego when we say things like that, Mm -hmm. because it's supposed to equal, you know, high performance, high achieving success. When you break it down, are you actually feeling successful? And what does that mean to you? What does that look like for you as an individual to experience success? We're often taught that overwhelm is a part of that whether it's said that way or not, I think that it's part of the the rhetoric and the culture. So talking about things like this is important because we need to break away from this idea that it has to be part of the process. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. It's normal. But it's more about finding these solutions to have feelings of success rather than a consistent feeling of overwhelm. Right. This is the common issue with entrepreneurs, the idea that to be in pain means you're being successful, right? That and and to bury yeah. to bury it and not make it noticeable. It's, it's interesting thinking about how I, you know, in the course of my day, I'll have a, a number of different clients say to me, vocalizing how overwhelmed they feel, but I often find myself having an inability to respond to that. Like that, I'm supposed to be the one encouraging them and not not sharing my own feeling of overwhelm sometimes. And so sometimes even the nature of the work doesn't allow you the ability to kind of have that. To be yeah, you know, that, uh, authentic uh, about it. Either. Right. You want to commiserate, yeah. but you can't because that's not your role in the moment. Your role is to help coach, encourage, right? <laughs> well, and, the, and, and also, I don't want my client to know I'm overwhelmed because then they'll be like, Correct. well, you know, it starts to ask, there, there's st- even if we're like reciprocally sharing, right? Right? Yeah. There's still a power dynamic that's different. Yeah, I call you yes. guys. I call I, you guys to complain about you know, <laughs> right? Well, that's a good point, though. I mean, one thing is the community. You're bringing up having right, exactly. a community around yourself that is on your level or higher, versus not that your clients are below you, right. but like you said, the power, the power dynamic, or just the dynamic, we'll call it, is different. And and secondly. I think you can still humanize the situation by without calling it commiseration mm-hmm. or just relating and in a in a sort of general sense of, you know, I I've experienced overwhelm like you are currently in your business or in whatever they're doing in, in, in my life. It doesn't even have to be business. And offering them a moment or two to take a breath or ground themselves or it depends on what we're doing. Right. I do that often in sessions because when people show up with all this crazy energy, it's very hard to like, you know, get them to say what they're there. You're not going to have a clear head. You're not going to execute well. Like I want them to feel at their best so that we can move on right for time so that I don't get overwhelmed in my day. So it's like, what can we give them in a very quick bite-sized shift to get through the next time we have with them? And still relate to them so they feel normalized. Barcy, what are some of the ways that being overwhelmed materializes or manifests itself kind of like in our day-to-day kind of like approach to business? I think a common one is is just time. You know, we don't have time. That's part of overwhelm. Just not enough 
we just have, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. How do I get more time? That's the one I hear from everyone. Yeah. And um, motivation, procrastination might creep in. That's when you are in getting close to the danger zone of closer and closer to burnout when you don't even, you, you're so overwhelmed, you're kind of stuck, right? It's like that even the tiniest step feels really big. Mm-hmm. So if, if you start feeling that way, we're doing something that should essentially be an easy, small task or just doesn't feel like enough. Feelings of not enoughness will start to creep in and become more consistent, which is why I brought up feelings of success a moment ago, because that's kind of the opposite of that, right? If we don't feel like we're enough, no matter what is happening in our business, we could have exponentially grown our finances. But if we don't feel like we're doing well, we may not even notice that, or right. we may make um, hasty decisions around the finances mm-hmm. too, because mm-hmm. we're not clear anymore. We're not clearly thinking. We're not making decisions that are coming from a grounded place. It, we start to feel desperate and cloudy. We're not. It's you know you may lose sleep. I do this where I in two ways. One, if I'm really excited about something, I have a hard time sleeping because I'm thinking about mm-hmm. all the things I want to do. But the same thing happens when I. I'm problem solving because when I'm in overwhelm, I'm constantly having to solve the problem of the overwhelm mm-hmm. because there isn't enough time to get to everything. And my my task list for the next day is too long. So I'm trying to solve problems in my sleep. Like literally my brain just starts to do that. So now we're losing sleep, which impacts the next day and makes it a less productive day. So it just kind of snowballs on itself a little bit. And then it impacts like, employees it impacts everybody else it just like quality of work you know kind of like starts to to take a hit if you will your clients yeah everyone yeah Yeah. and and i know jesse and i have talked about the fact that one of those symptoms is that you know even with our individual staffs that we tend to not delegate right as much as we should be and then again your point is right like the metaphor of a snowball like on so many ways, you know, is accurate. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. So because I think it's it's so interesting to think about. Well, firstly, you know, I would love to talk a little bit about procrastination, right? Procrastination and the connection there. And I, I have a feeling that there's entrepreneurs like me who are out there who feel like we work best under pressure, that our best work comes when we we do have that. We're edging up to the deadline. I've always been like that because of the nature of my work. But there is a world in which that doesn't work when your business is going well because you start getting multiple projects coming in. And then suddenly you find yourself in a situation where your your natural instinct to kind of wait a bit because you know that's the best nature of your work. Well, now you have suddenly five things to do at once because as you're procrastinating, things got dropped into your lap, right? And this is where I think it ties into the the concept around delegation, right? And even now we can say project management the idea of are you feeling overwhelmed and i love your guys's take on this are you overwhelmed because you see the work as this solid block of time and effort instead of breaking it into pieces that can then be addressed in a in a easier way and also delegated to others and i wonder if it, you know, by not adopting that type of project management framework or that ability to kind of see the pieces of the larger task does that does that also lead to overwhelm? You know, I would love your guys' perspective on mm. that. 
I'm curious what Sid uh, thinks about this particular scenario. <laughs> I was hoping you would start, Christina. <laughs> and I was going to like jump in after. I have some ideas, but I wanted to hear your thought first. Please. <laughs> Let me gather my thoughts. Well, the first, my first thought, honestly, is that this, I had a meeting like this today where it became very evident that as I'm trying to progress into more delegation, the person on the other end receiving the instruction is noticing the mess that it was before, (laughs) to put it lightly. And the result of that was just, it's a lot of of granular details that are specific to this particular part of the business. But outside of that, it brings me to what you brought up, Jesse, where it's like, you're used to working a certain way when you're by yourself and no one's watching. So how do we start to work as if someone's always watching? It's a little, hmm. I will be honest, it's a little embarrassing at first because you're putting it out there that, you, that you're that you not perfect, that you don't have every single T crossed and I dotted all the time. Number one, perfection is not achievable. It's a, it's a symptom that a lot of us have, and it's functional when you know that you have it and you know how to work with it. I personally have perfectionism and had to learn how to work with my perfectionism so that I don't constantly um, block myself and get in my own way. So it's a, a little bit of an exercise to force myself to hand it over when it's still kind of messy and to just be okay hmm. with the feedback and work through a process together instead of me trying to solve the world's problems all the time by myself. So that happened today, literally uh, a few hours ago for me. And, you know, it's uncomfortable and it's confusing a little bit, but it, it really forces you to have to ask questions of yourself. You know, what is the attachment? What are you afraid of happening if you hand it over? And is it me? Is it something that I'm just like embarrassed, you know, or I don't, you know, whatever it is. Once we address those things and and just experience them a little bit, it becomes less difficult to hand things over when they're not perfect. Yeah. So that's my first thought. Just to touch real quick on that, you know, that I think that does drive a lot of it. Like, I don't want to bring up somebody in to see my mess. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather present them with something nicely packaged that they can then address for me. And I think that is the mistake. And I know you and I, we've talked about this before, that really that is the the last thing you should be doing. You should be bringing them in when it is still messy, you know, and let them help you figure it out. Because I think often people will be surprised to learn that many people excel with that. They, they want to come in and help you address the situation. And before you jump in, Sid, I just want to put a cherry on top of what you just said, because it's true at the end of our meeting she said, you know what? It's fine because I actually love doing this. I love figuring this stuff out. That's part of my job that I love. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> like, Not expecting her to say that, even though I kind of know that already, but I was so stuck in my own like, oh, this looks, like, this looks so like messed up right now. We're going we're gonna to walk through it together and just try to figure it out. I'm going to try to translate all of this for her. But then at the end of the day, like, that's what she loves to do. That's why she's here. You know, I I was going to say that I I have like a a little bit different perspective on this because I have no problem handing something over that's messy (laughs) and letting people know how dirty my room is and like help me clean it up. I think my 
my trigger becomes more about knowing that everybody that I work with has a different style by which they're receiving information and then using that information to actually be successful. And I think when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, it's when I can know that I'm getting frustrated because they're not receiving information the way that I receive information, right? And so then they're like, then they struggle, right? And so then I start getting frustrated and then I have to like remind myself at some point, like, wait a minute, stop. It's not about them. This is about like you and like taking a breath and like remembering what it is that how you need to like be a good manager. And that to me is part like when I'm just like so stressed, so overwhelmed and I feel like a thousand things going in my mind of work that I have to do. And this person is just trying to do this one thing <laughs> and they want to do it really well. And, and, and it's just me, you know, I think being overwhelmed and then turning that into it just manifesting itself as frustration. And it's not fair to that person, frankly. Yeah, I'm hearing you touch on communication, which is a big thing, I think, for everyone in life, everywhere, really, every relationship you have hinges on how well you can communicate with that person on the other side and vice versa. How well you can communicate with yourself, in my opinion, is often where that healing and, and and fix comes from because you'll come across more clear you not you Sid but any of us totally. right and what I noticed in my own business and this this will eventually have to change a little bit as I grow and bring on more people but the more clear I am on what type of communication style and learning style jives with me the more I attract that kind of person from the get-go and the more I let the person that doesn't get it fast enough go. And I know, um, Jesse, your wife, Jen, is really good at that, <laughs> sensing that. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's a, it's a tool to, to have in your pocket to really know whether this person is going to get it fast enough for you to keep moving forward at the pace you want to move forward without all of that frustration. But we don't always get that luxury. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different fix if you want to keep going with the group that you have. That's a quality statement for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not just the overwhelming nature of it, but it's also just like that broader dynamic. I think so. You know, I kind of let someone go recently because he just was wasting my time needing to understand things that to me were very, very basic mm -hmm. communication. And I don't have time mm -hmm. to keep explaining it at the level that we were at. We just needed to move on. One thing that has struck me is that, and I think this becomes a challenge for folks who are doing entrepreneurship for the first time, is that, you know, if you're leaving a company or firm where you're part of a team and you dive into entrepreneurship, the first shock will be that you need to do everything yourself. And then you get right. pretty good at that. You get pretty good at just doing it all on your own. And you kind of forget about, you know, if you're a manager, what that was like, you, you lose some of that some of that skill set. And then when your company starts to grow, then they need to revert back or do it in a different kind of way because now you're the leader of the organization. And I, th I find that that has, for me, been the hardest. It's almost like this shifting back and forth. It's like, okay, I was a great manager. You know, I like to say I was a great manager. <laughs> and then I was, you know, I, I think I learned how to become an entrepreneur. And now as the, my team starts to expand, I need to delegate again. I feel like, oh, those that that's those communication skills that that project management skills is a little bit rusty i need to bring it back and so it's like you know this kind of grinding i don't know if you guys feel the mm. same way but 
I kind of feel that too, that, oh, I kind of forgot how to do that. And I need to get back into that, that mindset again. I, I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. I think that's really spot on, actually. I, I feel like I'm dealing with that, you know, in real time, frankly. Interesting. I don't know that I have the same story, so I can't relate in the same way where I didn't come from corporate, where most people in business that I know that start businesses have. And that's where I differ in my growth a little bit, where I come from a place, a background where people pleasing is necessary. And I I think I just want to touch on this briefly, too, because it fits into our conversation about saying no and finding boundaries, because this is how we protect our time and energy. And for me, coming from a place of people pleasing, whether it be as an actor or in hospitality, which I worked in for a very long time as well, you know, you're always wrong. Everyone else is always right. <laughs> so it, it's it's baked in to my psyche in a lot of ways. And I'm, I was very shy as a kid, and I just wanted to be nice so people would leave me alone. <laughs> so I, was, I did want to stir the pot when I was younger. So it's just kind of baked into my rhetoric. But with that, I would give away my time and energy in ways that, because I also love to help people. I will help you till, you know, we're too tired to do anything else. You know, it's just, I love to help people. And that can work against me if I'm not putting boundaries around my time and energy and saying no to the things that don't serve me, which will ultimately not serve the person on the other end either because of overwhelm and burnout and the symptoms that come along with those things. You know, when it comes to saying yes and knowing when to say no, I think that I can, I should never say no to my, my spouse. And with that, unfortunately, <laughs> I said yes to doing something that I need to go do with and for her. So I think I need to, I'm going to have to sign off a little early, but for me, this has been, I'd love this conversation. I think we should actually do more of it because it's, there's probably, we just probably scratched the surface, frankly. Right. And what a good segue to creating boundaries and managing your time, Sid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the master of transition. Yes. Bye, everyone. See you later, Sid. So, yeah, I mean, let's, I, I want to talk about that, about the creation of boundaries. And I would say this about Sid. He's always been really good about that. You know, he is a master of saying, this is the time I have. Although I know sometimes he he bends with the client, right? When the client has a need. But but the idea of what is the best approach to setting boundaries, setting constraints around your time. I know, Barcy, you and I both use a, an assistant that helps us do that. But I think you, in particular, I've noticed you have very strong protocols. And I wonder if you can speak to that and how you approach setting boundaries. You know, I have to nod to Brandy, which is actually the same assistant that we both share in our other respective businesses outside of small business friend. And now she's integrated in that as well. So shout out to Brandy. She gets a shout out in almost every show I do nowadays because she does so much. Shout out to Brandy. Yes. (laughs) Shout out to Brandy. But, you know, I have to say she helped me relook at how I create structure around my day because she had to, to, in order to do her job well, she had to ask me very specific questions around, hey, and she know, she's a creative person as well. So she kind of understands what it means to protect your creative time, that you need time for ideation. And she would ask me things like that in the beginning so she could put it into my daily calendar. Like, what do you want to do in the morning time? Or do you want to reserve any part of your day just for you? Or, you know, things like that. And I was like, what? (laughs) 
I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> like, it just was so, I'd forgotten about all of that because I was in survival mode for so long in starting a, a solo business that had a lot of moving parts and finally having a witness, as I like to say, who is not only holding you accountable and watching how how you do things, but it's also helping you answer questions like that to create better structure and boundaries so that they can work and respect them, work within them and respect them as well. So she helped me kind of wake up to that again in the world of business. I've done it for clients and in my personal life, but I lost sight of it when it came to, to business. And um, from there, as we continued to grow, I started to see things that like what other things I want to do with my life and with my day than working around the clock, literally working around the clock, which I did get burnt out at, at a certain point. And that was not healthy and good for me and for anyone else involved in my business. And it took a long time, but it was small steps that I would take at a time until they were working well. And then I would take one more small step that I would add over time. And to be fair, these systems, organizations, and habits changed very, very slowly over the course of a year, a little over a year now. And now I finally have weekends off. I did not have weekends off for a long time. I, uh, and this is new. I try not to take meetings on Mondays and Fridays. Part of that is because meetings are now all on Zoom and Speaking of things you don't want to share with your clients, I kept this to myself for a long time where I had two concussion incidents in 2019. So I was building all of this with an active head injury and the Zooms don't help me in that area. And I started to ask myself what I really value. And I value my business very, very much, but I also value the people in my life. And I had to include myself in that. And I wasn't honoring that as best as I could have. And so now I ask myself those types of questions now and again to see if there are any changes that need to be made as everything evolves. Because things around me, circumstances will change. So we have to keep asking those types of questions. But that's kind of the system I, I fell into. Yeah, I think you, you make some, you know, a couple of really great points. You know, the idea that look, this isn't something that you can or maybe even shouldn't solve overnight or one day, right? Because, you, you know, to really kind of to remove the sense of overwhelm takes a lot of thought and strategy and it's okay to work it piece by piece, you know, starting with can you carve out an extra hour of your day or an hour of your day where you're you're just taking some time to think, to take, you know, step away from the Zooms, could that lead into say half a day and this is what i do now i did the same thing with with brandy where gradually over time i now have the majority of my friday afternoon free which allows me to do actual work right and that's been a huge game changer right. you know and also the idea of, of prioritization because everybody's really different and it's really up to you to decide okay what are those things that are most important you know to you and to your life in addition to your business that should have the same priority. And I always remember of a, a, a friend who uh, had a successful business and sold it successfully to, to a larger firm. And he wrote this uh, great article. I always remember him talking about, you know, how much his health suffered because he had really adopted the idea that, you know, I need to be, I need to be the typical entrepreneur. I need to be working all the time. I need to not save time for my family and, and not, 
not you know reserve time to eat well and as a result his health really suffered and then his uh, family time also also suffered at the same time he really spoke to that he said look what I realized at the end of the day is that you need to prioritize that as well. And that that is part of being a successful entrepreneur is really making that judgment call to decide, look, it is just as important that I have a healthy living, a strong, you know, personal life in addition to whatever I'm trying to do with your business. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. And I think what we're encouraging is that the the, the ability to alleviate the sense of overwhelm starts with just taking that careful look at your life. And prioritizing and making, you know, start taking steps towards that. You're not going to solve it overnight, but uh, the more progress you can make, the better you're going to be and the better you're going to be as an entrepreneur. 100%. It is is about taking small actions. So you're not adding to the overwhelm, number one. And really big change happens in small steps. That's just the reality. Eventually you may have a big change, but it's over the accumulation of taking one small step each time, changing habits, little things you can do each day to kind of start to shift that. And yeah, and value, get connected with what you value, like really understand what, what you actually value. And the reason you started to be an entrepreneur in the first place usually started from some kind of value you wanted to add to your life, not just to your potential customers and clients. Absolutely. You know, I, I know we shared quite a bit of solutions and tips and techniques. And, you know, I, let me just say that the one thing that I've always valued, and I know that we've said this before, is that often what helps to reduce the overwhelm is the ability to connect with other entrepreneurs and have that community with people who understand. And that's, you know, what we were trying to do with Small Business Front, what we were trying to do with Hack My Business, to ha- give that platform that where people can feel comfortable and free to connect with us on that level and 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 share those feelings with people who also understand. But Barcy, of all the things we talked about, is there is there one single takeaway or one general concept that you want to share with our listeners when it comes to feeling overwhelmed? Well, I have to say, I think we just covered it. I think it really is about breaking things down into small steps that you do have the power to do that today. You don't have to wait for this big, perfect plan uh, to schedule out. You don't need an assistant either to do it. I know we talked about that, but you know, you, you can find small ways to, to shift and find even just one more hour in your day can have a huge impact. So how do we find that? Right. I, I really want you to know that connecting to yourself and understanding what you really need and why you're experiencing the overwhelm and that you can change it is is what I hope you take from this. And I do have a resource uh, for you that's free that you can go and make some more discoveries around how you can start to add some, you know, maximizing or excuse me, adding more time back into your day. If you go to moretime.avanthousemedia.com, then you'll have a little freebie that you can download and and just make your own discoveries. I'm just really appreciative to have you in my life because you always find a way to center me and focus me in. And so everybody needs to find their own Barcy because that is one key way (laughs) to not feeling overwhelmed. But Barcy, it's always a pleasure to chat with you and to have you on the show. Thank you for your time. Oh, thanks, Jesse. And thank you for all that gratitude. I feel the same way. It's been a really fun growing with you in general. So thank you for, for making me part of the team. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. If you need help and want to be a part of our community and find resources to grow your business, join us at our website at smallbusinessfront.com. We'd love to see you there. 
Have a great day and we'll catch you next time on Hack My Business.